Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I reflect on the life and career of one of the legends that we lost in this business, and that is Bullet Bob Armstrong. We talk about some of his greatest moments, greatest memories of his career, and we also talk to our very own Tommy Dreamer and also somebody that competed with and against him, and that is Hustler Rip Rogers. We do that all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bullet Bob Armstrong uh, passed away, had a battle with bone cancer, and, and um, you know, we lost him uh, after just an amazing, amazing career. Obviously, the Armstrong family, one of the greatest families in the history of pro wrestling, and Bob Armstrong, somebody that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about, but they should because he is truly a legend. He was truly one of the greatest of all time. We lost him late last night. Word came down. And I know uh, on today's show, on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday, you know, it's all about the Busted Open Nation. And we will get to the nation and we will get to our Hall of Fame co host, Mark Henry, in just a couple of minutes because I know that Mark was very, very close to Bullet Bob Armstrong and the Armstrong family. We're going to get a lot of memories and remembrances of him today sprinkled throughout uh, today's show because Bob Armstrong is one of those men that, uh, you know, when you look at the world and the landscape of pro wrestling, he was able to do it all. A career that spanned from 1960 all the way up until... 2019 incredible as that sounds bob armstrong was somebody that was truly a bullet he lived up to his nickname bullet bob armstrong and you know the condol our condolences everybody here uh with the busted open family sends our condolences to the armstrong family and i know for myself as somebody who started watching pro wrestling just about 40 years ago uh, Bob Armstrong was somebody that I used to see a lot uh, on Georgia Championship Wrestling. I've said it many, many times that my first exposure to pro wrestling was Georgia Championship Wrestling. And to be able to see Bob Armstrong in his heyday, um, seeing him by, the so uh, by his son's side, Brad Armstrong, who he lost some years ago as well, um, it was truly a pleasure. And you still see, you know, his son, Road Dog, Scott Armstrong, the great and legendary referee in the WWE. The Armstrongs, very quietly, you know, one of the greatest families. Because when you think of, you know, the historic families in pro wrestling, you, you think of the Hart family and, and you think of the Von Erics. And honest and truly, 
when you look at the Armstrongs, they have done it all on every type of landscape. And Bob Armstrong, who and was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame back in 2011, he was inducted by you know his sons, which is amazing to me, and be able to have that uh, at that time. Um, truly, I'm sure one of the moments that he you know would have looked back on as one of his greatest moments to be able to have his sons induct him into the Hall of Fame. But Bob Armstrong, when you look at his career, quietly a legend, quietly one of the greatest of all time, especially in the territory era. era. And you look at all the territories that you know he was able to cover in his great career. And for me, and I'm sure when you look at Bob Armstrong being a legend in the territory era, everybody probably has a different match or a different feud that they look back on as one of their favorites. My first memories of Bob Armstrong was his feud with Ted DiBiase. Again, rekindled with his son, Brad Armstrong. Brad Armstrong had uh, a feud with Ted DiBiase back in 1984 in the later years of Georgia Championship Wrestling, and he had his father, uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong, by his side. And as I said, you know, Bob Armstrong, you know, was suffering the last year with cancer. As far as I know, uh, unless something changed recently, he refused chemotherapy. You know, even when he was first diagnosed with cancer, he didn't stop working out. There was pictures of him even going back to this past May, uh, of of him still working out, you know, suffering from cancer, you know, at the age of 80, you know, battling that. And still, he looked incredible. Um, a lot of people in the wrestling community have come out to give their condolences to the Armstrong family. A lot of legends like Mick Foley, you know, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, you know, AEW sent out that tweet after their show last night. And the one that really kind of grabbed me was CM Punk. And I think like when you when you look at somebody like CM Punk, somebody who's kind of been, you know, battling his love and passion for pro wrestling, you know, the last five, six, seven years, um, CM Punk is somebody that does has a love and passion for the tradition of pro wrestling. You know, he came out full force when Harley Race passed away and talked about, you know, um, his interactions with Harley Race. CM Punk did that as well over social media. He tweeted out a picture of him and Barb Armstrong and said that this is one of the few pictures of Bob Armstrong with a T-shirt on with sleeves because if you usually see Bob Armstrong, he had the, you know, he had the, um, you know, the, the sleeves cut off his shirt or, he, or, you know, he had that old school kind of uh, wrestling gear, like amateur wrestling gear uh, always because he was always in phenomenal shape. And that's the things of seeing some of the pictures of Bob Armstrong uh, later in life. He was still in such phenomenal shape. And Bob Armstrong wasn't somebody that, you know, wrestled in the heyday of of the WWF slash WWE. So a lot of our fans, probably a lot of our younger fans, uh, don't know the name Bob Armstrong or they, or they know just Road Dog or, you know, Scott Armstrong. And probably a lot of fans don't even remember uh, his great son, Brad Armstrong, who I, I've said on the air so many times, I think, Probably the most underrated and underappreciated wrestler in the history would be Brad Armstrong. 
But Bullet Bob Armstrong, the leader of that Armstrong family, the leader of one of the greatest wrestling families in the history of this great sport, is somebody that we are definitely going to remember today. You know, we, there is a lot to talk about today. Obviously, you know, we had a, what I thought was a great AEW last night. We're going to talk about that. You know, with Mark Henry, we're going to talk about the week that was in pro wrestling. And as we always do on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday, we're going to go out to the Busted Open Nation. But I'm really hoping that a lot of old school wrestling fans, a lot of a lot of fans that remember Bob Armstrong will call in today with some moments and memories because he deserves that. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Mark, welcome to Falls Count Anywhere Friday, man. And I know that you were extremely close uh, to the, you are extremely close to the Armstrong family. And, you know, the first 30 minutes of the show, we had a ton of Busted Open Nation members call in with memories and moments of Bob Armstrong. And boy, Mark, you hear about it. I mean, his career started in 1960. He had his last match in 2019. You talk about a throwback. You know, Bob Armstrong definitely was somebody that was a legend and somebody that I guess you can say is just like one of the toughest guys in the history of pro wrestling. Dave, as much as I'm sitting here um, saddened by his passing, uh, I started just laughing right now, kind of smiling because uh, I wrestled Bullet Bob Armstrong in Knoxville, Tennessee. and I, I thought that the world would end for me as a pro wrestler if I beat him. And he said, hey, man, I had my time. It's your time. Um, what, uh, what do you want to beat me with? And I was like, I'm not beating you, Bob. And he said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, if I go back to the locker room, and hey man, you 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 gave Bob your finish. They would assassinate me in the locker room. <laughs> and he said, "No, no, come on, Henry, that's not the way it is." I said, "Listen, Bob, it's changed a lot in the locker room." He said, "Well, I'll come up there with you and tell them that is my doing." I was like, "Listen, man, if you called your sons right now and asked them." Uh, they was, he said, well, he said, I, I guess I'm just going to have to lay down in the middle of the ring and get, uh, go out and get counted out. And I was like, come on. And, and we did this for like 20 minutes. And finally, um, he, he said, look, he said, um, it's, about, it's about the business. It's not about me and it's not about you. And that was kind of where... You know, my education had already been started that way. But I got more of it uh, from him. He said, we're, we're working for the business. You know, we're not working for, you know, each other. And 
Uh, I've always had that in mind. And I ended up um, taking a super kick from, you know, at that time, Bob was 60s, late 60s, um, or late 50s. And um, <laughs> I fell back into the ropes. And when I came off the ropes, I fell on it. <laughs> and he couldn't move. He couldn't get me off of it. So it protected both of us. And he said, you always have to learn another way. There's always another way to do it. And like, that's a lesson that I, I took, to, took with me through my whole career. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think everybody, especially, you know, fans our age had exposure to Bob Armstrong. And then, you know, when you look at the fam, the Armstrong family and, and, and Mark, you're an old school fan, you know, and I brought up, you know, the Hart family and the Von Erics has been so many, you know, amazing families in the history of pro wrestling. And the Armstrongs are, you know, they quietly are one of the greatest families in pro wrestling. When you look at Scott Armstrong, Road Dog, you know, you know how great Brad Armstrong was, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, you know, and, and Bob Armstrong being the leader of that family, they knew how to protect the business. And, you know, they may have not have gotten the accolades like world championships, like a lot of these other families that we talk about. But, man, it's hard to take anything away from the Armstrong family. Oh, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you know, a lot of people that I've, I've talked to in my, you know, 25-year career has said that Brad Armstrong was as good as any wrestler that they ever saw. Like, uh, charisma-wise, uh, his physique, uh, his ability to, to work, um, his understanding was excellent. And all of that came from the, his dad teaching him uh, every in and out of the business. And um, Scott being... The, uh, the the second um, was a really good wrestler in his own right and a brilliant referee. And it's going to go down in history and be in the Hall of Fame soon uh, as a referee. And Road Dog, we all know that, you know, being in DX, one of the biggest uh, factions in the history of pro wrestling, um, and he's made as much money as anybody ever made, you know, with the, you know, in a faction. Uh, and, is, and was a really good individual wrestler on his own, too. So uh, I, I really enjoy watching that whole family have success. And, you know, like I said, we're really close. And I talked to um, both, the, both the boys, Scott and uh, Jesse, when their mother passed away. And I don't know if people realize that, you know, she she just passed away. It, it has it's, it's been during this pandemic that she passed away, probably in the last two months. And I think Bob was lonely, man. I think that you know I've seen this a bunch of times in my life where, you know, you get people up in age, you know, in the late seventies and early eighties into their you know, a hundred between before a hundred years old and one passes away. And then, you know, less than a month or two, the other one passes away because they just, they were living for each other. And that's, that's the ultimate love. And I think that, and it's just my opinion, but 
I think that he wanted to he wanted to be with his wife, and uh, both of them were such good people, man. Like, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting um, Bob's wife several times in Pensacola shows or whatever, going out to dinner with the family, and she was the queen, bro. She was, I mean, when sitting at that table, you everybody knew where the uh, where the power lit lie. Like she was special, and he missed her, and he wanted to be with her again. Yeah, and he, you know, he, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, as far as I know, he didn't. He refused chemotherapy. He wanted to fight it on his own. Back in March, when this pandemic started. Mark, he was working out. There was pictures posted of him, you know, working out. Like he was like and still in phenomenal shape at the age of 80. And I think that a lot of what you're saying is true, Mark, because I've seen it in my own family. I've, I, I'm sure you've seen it in yours as well. When you have that lifelong companion, you know, and you've seen a son and you've seen a son pass on and you have your wife and your your wife is gone your 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 companion you 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 do lose a lot and uh probably knowing that his sons were okay and his sons were fine like and that he has accomplished everything that he's accomplished and he loses the love of his life you know that it's it's hard to come back from something like that and when you're battling there's a time where you just be like you know what i i fought as as hard and as much as i can i'm i'm ready to go peacefully and i think that might have happened for Bob Armstrong at the age of 80. I do too. And and his grandkids <laughs> are uh unbelievable, man. And I know that uh he he'll miss every one of those family members dearly. Um but like I said, the the spirit of love uh will tend to do will tend to do what what happened and uh I I feel real man it was really hard. I couldn't even text or call Scott or Jesse, I, I, I couldn't do it. And I'm going to shoot him a text today, but it's going to be hard, man. Like, I mean, what, what do you say in a text what, what, about somebody of his stature? What do you say about somebody that, you know, I would talk to him on, I would call him and check on him. And and just to see how he was, and he always would tell me, "Hey man, I appreciate you calling me, man. You're a good guy. I really, I, I love you." And he never had a problem saying he loved you. And and I knew he meant it. And just by saying, you know, he used to kiss the kiss his boys on the forehead, and I know that they probably couldn't stand it. Like, come on, Dad, golly. But I guarantee you, they're gonna appreciate every one of those kisses on the forehead um, going forward, and they'll probably start kissing their kids on the forehead. It just then, just a tribute, just the 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 be uh, to make sure what he started lives on. Dan Patrick Radio is Sirius XM's home for Australian rules football. Walton All Stars. Australian media icon Eddie Maguire for Aussie Football Rules America as he brings you the latest celebrity chats, tips and expert analysis of Australian football. Then stay tuned for the Aussie Rules Game of the Week. Kick the goal and Fremantle win it after the 
siren. It all starts Thursday at 6pm Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio, Channel 211 and the Sirius XM app. You may not know a lot about Bob Armstrong, but you certainly know about his sons, Brad Armstrong, who was the ultimate babyface back in the 80s in Georgia Championship Wrestling and a big part of, you know, the foundation of WCW in the early 90s, you know, uh, road dog, like Mark said, um, you know, one of the, a part of one of the greatest factions in the history of pro wrestling with DX. And then Scott Armstrong, who was a great wrestler and, you know, maybe one of the best referees as well. And the Armstrong family is some is a family that is one of the greats, Mark. And, you know, what I'm glad to see, and when you pass away at 80, you know, a lot of wrestlers, Mark, you know, pass away very, very young. Not that 80 is, you know, there's no good time, but, you know, he had a, a great life, a great, you know, a, a great family, a great wife. He, he, he had it all. And I, I'm hoping today is more of a celebration of the life and career of Bob Armstrong. But I wasn't sure, Mark, to be honest with you, before today's show, like how many of our fans would have memories of Bob Armstrong? I wasn't sure how many of our fans would even know the name Bob Armstrong, you know, we're so much, you know, talk about what's going on right now in the world of pro wrestling. Um, and we have a very young audience as well. I, I got to tell you, it does my heart good to see so many people call in today with yeah. memories and moments of somebody like Bullet Bob Armstrong, because he's not somebody that's like on the tip of, you know, fans tongues when it comes to some of the legends, but he truly was. And it's great to see these calls coming in, Mark. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I really wish that we had a little bit more time to prepare. And I guess that's the nature of bees. You never know when it's your time, when your number's going to be called. And I'd love to talk to Jerry Lawler. I'd love to talk to Rip Rogers. Um, I, I, I love to talk to Dr. Tom Pritchard and guys that I know knew him well. And um, man, that, that would be just, the, just to hear the stories, because uh, uh, I always like the stories of wrestling. And like you said, you want people to live on. Like, yeah. go Google this man, like, and see some of the stuff and who, like, the people that he wrestled. Like, I mean, he was elite. He was one of the best wrestlers in the world for a long, long time. And uh, I, I remember being in, in, for all the New Jersey people, uh, there's a there's a diner called Lookers on Route One, and there's a big picture of Bob Armstrong in there with the double biceps, and and he wrote it to the guy at, and said, uh, "Keep being a fan because you'll never be an Armstrong." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. It's you'll true. never be an Armstrong. <laughs> and it, you know it's like you're mentioning these names like a Rip Rogers and you know uh you know Jim Cornette is another one I'm sure has a million stories but you know it's always controversy when you mention the name Jim Cornette but I know he had probably a ton of uh, Ted DiBiase is another one I'm sure has a ton of stories. Man we all have our faults and problems and stuff but like I said before Dave there, there's nobody in in business that loves wrestling more than Cornette and he knows more about this business than a lot of us will ever even dream of because of his passion and understanding for it. 
uh, we fall down and we have to get up. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't, I'm, I'm not that guy that God gave me so much grace and forgiveness that I don't have hate in my heart for nobody. You know, I mean, well, Tommy sometimes with, when he switches from one team to the next, oh kind of really gets under my skin, but you know what? I even let him make it. Um, but if you can get Jim Cornette on the phone and ask him about Bully Bob Armstrong, I guarantee you that not many people will be able to uh, explain how special he was to the business. Well, Mark, uh, we're going to bring in, you know, somebody who I, I say, you know, the, you know, he's the heart and soul of pro wrestling, and that is our very own uh, Tommy Dreamer. And and Tommy, I know you're going to have a lot of memories and moments about Bob Armstrong. Uh, one of the things that Mark and I were just talking about is um, how many people have called in today to talk about Bob Armstrong. I wasn't really sure because, you know, he's not, you know, somebody that's on the tip of a lot of fans' tongues when it comes to the legends. And, you know, he's not somebody, if you go to the WWE Network and you type in Bob Armstrong, there's, there's going to be this huge library of matches. But man, I really good outpouring by the busted open nation. They never disappoint me, Tommy. A lot of people with memories and moments. And for a guy who wrestled from 1960, you know, to to all the way to just a couple of years ago, he's definitely had a ton of matches. And I'm sure for you, Tommy, uh, a lot of moments that you remember as well. As a fan, I could just talk on and on. Uh, Bob Armstrong and the Armstrong family, you know, we were talking about it when we were talking about the territories, like you said, doesn't get the recognition for how strong and how influential the family is to professional wrestling. Cause you know, we had the Von Eriks and everyone talks about them, but from Georgia to continental to anywhere that, you know, Bob Armstrong worked, the guy held a title everywhere. Uh, I'll tell you my first interaction with Bob Armstrong was when we were going to ECW for Wrestlepalooza in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was my idea to come up with like, let's, hey, celebrate the legends of Atlanta since here comes ECW. And we were coming into, you know, back then when WCW was around. And Paul's like, hey, man, this is your idea. So you got to contact all these guys. It was Junkyard Dog. It was Demolition, uh, Axe, Mass Superstar. And Bob Armstrong, I trying to remember who the other person was, but I had to call all these guys. Junkyard Dog, man, I never spoke to him, never knew. We had a mutual friend. Soon he's like, hey, time a dreamer, sure. How much a payday? Blah, blah, done. Uh, Mass Superstar, he was a little bit my first time ever really dealing with him as opposed to when I had seen him on indies. He was uh, just very, very business. And when we offered him, he, was, he asked me for, you know, trans. And I was like, sure, no problem. It's not my money. It's. ECWs. I got so nervous. Like I was like a kid. I couldn't believe like, and I, this has only happened to me in my wrestling career, only a handful of times. And the fact that like, I was like, I wrote down how I was going to talk to Bob Armstrong. Like I was either trying to talk to a girl to ask her like to go on a date with yeah. me. Like I had all these like pre-game notions and I literally wrote it down because I had so much respect for this man. <laughs> and uh, I call him and I was like, hello, uh, Mr. Bob. 
Bob Armstrong. Um, I got so like how you get flustered. Like that's why I laughed so much when you got flushed with Tommy Rich. And I was like, my name is uh, Tommy Dreamer. I'm a wrestler for ECW. And uh, we would like to honor you at a pay-per-view. And he and uh, he, he's like, sure, man, that would be great. Please tell Paulie I said hello. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys. Money's going to be there. Yes, sir. I would never make sure. Great, man. No problem. Bye. And I was like, oh, that was the coolest. And he was so easy to talk to. Like, I, and dude, this is what, like 1998 Tommy Dreamer? Like, I'm running ECW pretty much. And I went into total fandom uh, talking to Bob Armstrong. And I, I met him a bunch of times after that. And my other favorite moment, at the end of the show, we were all in this ring. And we were doing like a celebration because like, you know, and all the people are going ECW. And I wanted to try to get a picture of me standing next to Bob Armstrong. And he goes to uh, Mass Superstar and there and he's chanting ECW like and I was like, oh, my God, look how over he like he's into this. And he literally turns. He goes, I don't know what this ECW shit is, but it's over and I'm having a great time. And I was like, <laughs> yes. And wait, you don't know what ECW is? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like such a cool moment. And like, dude, he was the, the coolest guy. I had seen him on a bunch of indies. And, and when you talk about working everywhere, I mean, even he, he did stuff in Smoky Mountain. He did stuff for, you know, TNA. He was just, and for a guy, like you said, for the nation to reach out, he never worked for WWE. Um, you can go back, you know, and Gordon Soley uh, always put him over as, you know, Marietta's own. And it was just he, I, it stinks because I just read too that uh, his wife had passed earlier this month and I didn't know that and I didn't reach out to Road Dog or um, Scott and you know now that he's passed too so it's been a rough uh, a rough time for the Armstrongs and uh, but you know what he he's you know if you followed Scott or Brian they just celebrated like their big uh, family's wedding anniversary. He still was working out and battling bone cancer. I had reached out to Brian to get him on the show to interview him for when we wanted to do Southwest and he was, I mean, Southeast Championship Wrestling. And he was just like, man, he has his good days and his bad days, but he's tough and he's struggling. But then other days he's, you know, he's battling bone cancer. He he refused to have chemotherapy to talk about how tough he was. It was just, he knew it was his time. And I guess he went out on his way. And I mean, even when always talking with Scott, I'd be like, man, how's your dad doing? He's like, went and saw him today, worked out, smoking his cigarettes, smoking a little bit of something else, and just chilling <laughs> on the porch. I mean, how do you not respect that? That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. You, Mark, you no, got a big you, smile you on eating? your face. What is that? What you drinking there? Uh, this is, what is this? Coffee. Butterscotch toffee coffee with a little bit of a I put a teaspoon of coconut oil in there and then I blend it kind of my own keto thing and then I eat carbs later so it totally just makes no sense but this actually <laughs> keeps me from being hungry for about the next three to four hours which is wow. what we all need. I, nothing helps me from not being hungry I know we're talking about Bob Armstrong let's not talk about my coffee <laughs> you crazy individual <laughs> so Bob would be on your oh, case. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he would be, he'd be like, oh, all you got to do is eat something and drink something. Quit putting a diet together. 
And I'm dude, I'll never forget too, as a fan, I think my earliest memory is when he had the accident when he was working out and the the plates fell on his face. Yep. And it was such a big deal. And I remember the wrestling magazine showed, you know, his face and he had reconstructive surgery. And we all wanted him to, you know, come back. And this was, but again, how Gordon Soley just put him and the Armstrong legacy over all the time. And he was, I mean, if you, when you say you can't find his stuff, a lot of his stuff on the network, you search it on Amazon, search it on, they have a whole thing continental. His baby face fire was off the charts. And I also remember that day, me and Paulie got into, like we, we placed a gentleman's bet about who would get a bigger pop. Cause I was like, dude, Bob Armstrong's gonna get a bigger pop than the junkyard dog. And he's like, no way. And I was like, yes, he is. And we're in Marietta, the Cobb County Civic Center. and when Bob Armstrong came out and he also did his little weird strut walk, which was just pop the people and JYD came out and Bob Armstrong got a louder pop than the junkyard dog. And me and Paul, Paul's argument was like, JYD is junkyard dog. He's been in, you know, WWE, uh, all this stuff. And, but Bob got the bigger pop that night. And also junkyard dog walked out with a piece of toilet paper on his face. Cause he got sucker punched in the back, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> You go back and watch that. And Paul was like, why is the junkyard dog have toilet paper on his face? It was like, oh, yeah, I remember he got into a fist fight in the back. Oh, yeah, that was a good night. <laughs> but, you know, you, you mentioned Bob Armstrong getting a bigger pop. Of course, in Marietta, Georgia, at the Cobb County Civic Center, he's going to get a bigger pop. But I think, you know, a lot of that with Bob Armstrong is that it probably felt like, you know, th- that that he's our wrestler. You know, he's ours, you know. and Yeah. Uh, and I think there's very, very few wrestlers that have that kind of connection. I remember I remember watching like the Armstrongs, you know, like when Bob and Brad would team together on Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, you, you know, I almost felt like I, wa- I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be in Georgia. Like I wanted that connection with Bob Armstrong. And, 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 and guys, there's very, very few wrestlers that have that type of connection with an audience, especially now with everything so national and everything. And, and, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. It's a good thing that like the world is so small now than ever before. But that was at a time where like, especially in the territories, that was Bob Armstrong was our guy i know uh scott had told me how he got into the business was they never smartened him up and he was watching wrestling and he was wanting to train wanting to get in the business and they purposely did this to him where he was at the show and they were beating up his father and i don't know if it was jimmy golden and ron fuller or whoever the people are, and Scott's just like, I'm in the back, and all of a sudden, the wrestlers come in, and they tell me, they're beating up my father, you gotta go save him, and that's how Scott Armstrong gets into the business, he hits the ring, and starts (laughs) fighting them, and Scott's like, I didn't know what was there, but they told me they were fighting his father, and I call Scott Armstrong Road Rage Armstrong, because he goes from zero to a thousand with anger, (laughs) All of them. All of them. (laughs) And so here he comes. I mean, just think about that. Someone tells you they're beating up your father and it's in front of everybody. And here he comes and hits the ring. And he's like, I had such piss and vinegar because he goes, I think it's a shoot. 
And that was his introduction into professional wrestling. <laughs> That's amazing. There's something Listen, about the arm. Dave, strong, that, Tommy is, um, can, can just to add on to that, <laughs> um, you did not want to fight an Armstrong because the whole, the whole motto was, um, I'm going to fight you until I win. And they get hot, nuclear hot, very fast. Oh, yeah. And Scott and I, we joked around a lot because I would see him get hot and his face and neck would turn red. And I go, I'm going to get the bucket. And he would start <laughs> laughing. I had to find a way to bring him down several times because like that. And Road Dog, same way. They get angry and they just say, hey, let's fight about it and we'll talk about it later on. And Road like Dog. Armstrong's, <laughs> that apple fall, didn't fall far from the tree. From what Road Dog, you will literally see his, his fingers start to clinch and it's like this massive buildup where it's like, okay, it's on. And uh, but yeah, Scott turns totally red and it's like, no, you didn't, man. And then it's just on. But dude, I mean, I'm I didn't know I was uh off the grid, I was traveling to Michigan yesterday. I didn't know until Gabby uh texted me uh about this, and I I, I wouldn't have known. Uh, well, I probably would have found out, but I just kind of disattached from the world. but the world lost a great man. The world gr lost a great wrestler. And uh, honestly, man, he, he was awesome. I know Johnny Swinger was tagging with him up until, I want to say, early last year where he had his last match. And he would be like, Swinger would be like, here I am. And Bullet would just be, you know, guys want to go over stuff. And he'd just like, kids, go out, do your stuff, and we'll be there. And he would get in the ring and do his stuff. Swinger would take an occasional bump or two. But, you know, Bob would just, he was right before he'd be smoking a cigarette, old school, smoking a cigarette and then walk out there and, and capture the people. I mean, a lot of us wrestlers joke about it where we're like, oh, we got this. And we, we fake hold a cigarette and be like, I'll see you in a couple of minutes. But that's what he would do and just, you know, tear down the house. And again, Dave, he would his way. The, the match that I had with him at the K-Town SmackDown in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, I saw him coming, standing in the back, because it's an outdoor deal. I saw him standing in the back, you know, probably about five minutes before the match. He was over there smoking. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I, I'm telling you, man, he was special, man. And, and, and funny... Oh my God! I think Road Dog is funny like Bob. Uh, Scott is tough like him. Like Scott is the one that'll. Hey, he's a referee, but Scott will beat your ass. Oh, like yeah. he'll fight you until he wins. I yeah. love that family, man. I just always did. It's a, uh, uh, it's a very very sad day, and you know, offer your condolences to both you know, uh, Road Dog and Scott. Uh, through social media, because trust me, you, you read all this stuff and, and it does mean a lot to what, how a person meant to you when they're no longer here. But uh, it, it's a, I always say, and we always talk about this, just go back and watch a Bob Armstrong match today. And, and just think about this too, as a dad, he got to tag with all of his sons 
there's that famous picture of them all in that camo. And, you know, we're all talking about Dominic and Ray and we're all as proud as can be of our children. He got to not only create four amazing wrestlers, but then he got to be in their corner and tag with them and work with them. That's, that's a lot of a uh, father's dream come true. And uh, the fact that he was able to do that in his longevity in wrestling for so long, uh, it's awesome. It truly is. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. The big story today, Mark, is the news breaking late last night that we lost one of the true legends in pro wrestling, Bullet Bob Armstrong. And to come on to talk about that is, again, another legend, and that is Hustler Rip Rogers, who joins us right now. And Sir, thank you so much for joining our show this morning. Well, it's a pleasure and an honor to be on there Dave, with you and Mark and all the, the guys up there, you guys got about the greatest radio show in the world, and talking about Bullet Bob is just unbelievable. Bob was one of the nicest, one of the sweetest, a guy so soft-spoken, I never heard, I worked for him in Southeastern for 11 months in 83, 84, and then I worked for him again in Continental in uh, part of the uh, 86, 87. And Bob was the nicest guy, the sweetest guy. Never heard him raise his voice above a whisper. Was light as a feather in the ring. And the Armstrong family is what it's all about. And because they just lost uh, uh, Scotty, Stevie, Brian. They lost brother Brad, who... I tell everybody he was the greatest performer I'd ever seen. I got in the ring the first time, and he was so good. I was doing stuff on wrong on purpose just to see what he would do. He was so good. He was so smooth. And I said, well, guys, what do you expect? He's an Armstrong. So whether it be Stevie, whether it be Brad, whether it be Brian, whether it be Scotty, when you're an Armstrong, you're special. And that special star with their parents. And it's just such a tough, tough time for them. Because in a short period of time, not only did they lose patriarch of the family, the mother, they lost bullet, the father, the dad. So my prayers, my thoughts goes out to all the Armstrongs, all the Armstrong family. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're when you're saying these words and like you mentioned Brad Armstrong too and the one thing that um, you know, Mark and I have talked about, we had Tommy Dreamer on earlier is the outpouring of condolences and 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 Rippin, you know this better than anybody. Like we do this show daily Monday through Friday and you know, we talk a lot about, you know, pro wrestling right now and you know, bitching and moaning about certain things and everything. And I'm really proud of our fan base today. Um, and I wasn't sure, you know, what kind of reaction we would get, but we've gotten so many people that have called into this show 
to talk about Bullet Bob Armstrong. Um, you know, somebody that was never a part of the WWF or WWE, you know, there's never like, you know, never somebody that was known nationally. And to be able to get all the people to call in today to talk about his career and the memories and the moments, it, Rip, it really shows you how truly special he really was to this industry. Well, Bob was just, he was, they, they broke the mold on Bob. A man so tough, so gentle, so caring. A man who I, I never seen one time, not one time I worked for him 11 months and seven or eight months, never, never even raised his voice about anything. And here I am, a total nutcase, shaking my head, and I'm looking, I'm going, Look at this big stud who's an angel. <laughs> just and I just laughed. And Rip, world, you said a big. Go ahead. Excuse go ahead. me. I said you said a big stud. Can you elaborate on how strong he was? Like physically, like he he was a monster. Navigating through a, a small a place of 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 normal people. Can you ex explain uh, what you've seen with the workouts? And his, his nickname was Arms. That pretty much <laughs> says it all right there. <laughs> was Arms. To me, he was Bullet or Bob. But the guys that knew him the longest, they called him Arms. And he had the dangest pair of arms you'd ever see. <laughs> But then in the ring, he was a gentle giant. He was a positive role model. He was uh, a great, great wrestler, a great, great father, great, great husband. He's the way you're. He's just the opposite of me. He's the he's the way you're supposed to be in the wrestling business and the way you're supposed to be in life. And and, and that's all I can say. He's everything that I'm not. And to me, he was a saint. Wow. That's heavy duty. That is, I mean, I've not heard a bad thing. I mean, it, it's very easy in pro wrestling to, you know, walk through, the, go to the locker room, go to catering, go in the dirt sheets, uh, wherever it is you get information, and you hear the good and the bad of people. I've never heard the bad of Bob. And coming from you, it sounds like there just wasn't none. Well, what I always told everybody, I said, I never heard anybody say a bad word about Stu Hart. I never heard anybody in the rest of the business say a, a bad word about Don Owen. And out of that list, I can now say I never heard anybody in the rest of the business that I've been around not even in a joking way, say anything derogatory towards the bullet, Bob Armstrong. Wow. Wow. Listen, you know, Rip, I, I know you're busy and I know you got to go, but one thing I do want to say to you, and you've always been a friend to this show, and like you're talking about bullet Bob Armstrong, and you're saying that he was everything that you're not. Um, 
I think you're, you know, you're a great man. I think you're somebody that's a mentor, has been a mentor to so many. I mean, we keep seeing your work week in and week out, just recently even with NXT TakeOver with Pat McAfee. You're, you're somebody that's kept this, you know, rich tradition of pro wrestling going for decades. And I just want to let you know that uh, you may not be uh, a saint and you may not be quiet, but you're certainly a great man. And, and we truly appreciate everything that you do for us. And we truly appreciate your friendship. And, you know, and thank you for coming on with us today to share some uh, some memories of, of Bullet Bob Armstrong. And I don't think I would exist at the capacity that I be, that I became without Rip. And I always say, give people their flowers while they're alive. Like, Rip did a lot for me. A lot. Especially calling me fat bastard every day. <laughs> <laughs> Those, you big fat bastard. <laughs> I forgot. You big fat bastard. <laughs> yeah. I love you, man. Buddy. Here's a, here's a story I'll leave the bullet with. Uh... I'd worked like a 10 or 11 week program with Austin Idol the first time I was down there and Bob come in he couldn't hold his enthusiasm back. We were in Montgomery, Alabama and he was just like, something was, something was on his mind. I said, bullet, what's up? He goes, now don't tell Idol. I said, tell him what? He said, you guys got the record tonight. I said, what are you talking about? It was in the bit. This is like 1983 or, or 1984. He said, "You got." He said, "You outdrew Flair. You outdrew Andre the Giant. The amount of people they popped, they packed in the regular building." He said, "Oh, but please don't tell Idol. He'll want more money." <laughs> <laughs> and me, I just smiled, laughed. I said, "Oh, thanks, Bullet. <laughs> it's nice to know." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I have some more money? <laughs> no. Uh, but the bullet, the look he had on his face, and you could see he wanted to tell you something, but he was hoping, uh, he was hoping I didn't tell Idol. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, oh but I can see right, I, I can see right now that look on his face, and I want to, and I want to leave it at that. Because that's the way I'll always remember. He was like he was like Eddie Haskell, a little mischievous little boy, wanted to tell you something so bad, <laughs> and, and it was just an awesome moment. And that's thanks to the bullet. Well, Rip, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate the time, and thank you for everything that you do for the business. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Well. Hey, Mark, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on there. Love you guys. Keep doing what you do. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented... They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.